Hiring? With Indeed, your search is over. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash match. Just go to Indeed.com slash match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's up, dum-dums? It's your good friend Colin here. Today's show is brought to you by Amazon.com. And why is it brought to you by Amazon.com? Because if you go to the Mazodcast website and click on the Amazon banner, we get a sweet, wet taste of them dollar bills. So if you're purchasing drugs or prostitutes or, well, anything else you can get on Amazon, I assume all those things are available, do it through the Mazodcast Amazon banner and let us wet our beak, M-I-Z. Gonna throw it. Slam. This bug's for you, Mizzou. Johnson, and he's gone. It don't get no better than that, man. Lock deep near side. Jamon Moore. It's a foot race. 82 yards. Touchdown, Missouri. Boy, look at Crockett run. It's his fourth touchdown run of the day. This is the Mazodcast. Howdy, Tiger fans, and welcome to the Mazodcast. I'm your host, Brennan Anthony. Joining me, as always, is Colin Anthony. What's up, dum-dums? It's kind of a weird midweek show. We have no Missouri game to uh, talk about. It's a mini. It's a mini. It's uh, SEC Championship Week. Yep. I guess it's College Football Championship Week, but uh, we don't really give a shit about any of the other conferences. Yeah. Everybody's worried that Alabama's going to get left out, mm-hmm. but that, that that sort of means that you believe that Miami can win. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Or... Uh, but because you know the committee's looking to get Alabama and Ohio shoot in, hoard in there, and because right now if everybody wins the way it's basically lays out, you're going to have your Oklahomas, your Wisconsins, Clemson, your Clemsons, and your Auburns. Ohio State. And we'll see Ohio State and Al- Alabama, at least from what I'm hearing, are kind of the outside looking in. Mm-hmm. And then Miami and all these teams. So possibly it's going to take something to go on. I don't know. If one thing I'm certain of is they can find a way to get Alabama and Ohio State in. <laughs> yeah. They'll oh, make yeah. it work. That's right. They, they've got a much better shot than any ACC school. Yeah. But, uh, I mean, they, they're going to figure out a way to leave Wisconsin at home. Mm-hmm. Is my, my guess. Right. Yeah. That's what everybody wants. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, Auburn is playing Georgia this weekend in the SEC championship in Atlanta. And they look like the best team in the country right now. Who but is that? If, Auburn? Auburn. But the, if they lose to Georgia, they won't get in. What, right. Auburn has two losses on its resume and two fantastic wins. Mm-hmm. One against number one Georgia, one against number one Alabama. If they beat but Georgia, again, I think again. they're in. And mm-hmm. if they don't win, then they're, they're done. Right. And looking the best or not. And then Alabama's only got one loss to the now number one team, Auburn. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So Alabama certainly has an argument to get in, but there's all these no loss teams. It's a fucked up year for the uh, college well, football playoff. Yeah. Kind of makes you want. Kind of makes you want to have more teams in the fucking playoffs. Yeah, playoff, kind of makes it? you wonder why they don't have eight teams. The crazy thing is, is that it's the old fuddy does that run this system were so stupid mm-hmm. that they didn't. They were worried about their bottom lines, not really that a playoff system 
would make the money. Like in some way it was going to steal gravitas from games in season. It's like, no, everybody's going to be playing for the playoffs. You know, there's an end goal. One of the reasons it was always hard for me to get into college football as much as I did NFL was because you could have a great season and the cherry on top was you got to go to a bowl game that meant nothing. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Except as a fan, you got to see an extra game. But at the end of the day, if you weren't paying for the national championship, there was no playoff system. There's no seeding. And now they're pushing against eight playoff teams because even though the playoff system has shown them to make more money and theoretically having eight teams would make them even more money, these, the same morons who are in charge of this are just like, mm, I don't know. I don't, I don't know about that. Well, do you remember a, a guy who I think is long since dead? Named Brian Goers. Yes. I remember one time he wrote an article for our site about uh, how easy uh, it would be and how they should implement at least a six-game playoff. Mm-hmm. And despite being a Matt Lauer s creep, sex offender, horse's ass. Yeah, it was a good article. Yeah, and uh, it, it. I mean, if if somebody, let's just put it this way: if someone as stupid as Brian Goers could figure it out, <laughs> yeah, sure. then surely a playoff, college football playoff committee can do the same. Well, thing. you know, and I listen to the uh, the Pat Forties and the Dennis Dodds of the world. They just make it sound like the people who are truly in charge of this stuff are so adverse to change. Mm-hmm. No, I mean, I'm sure that's true. I mean, how long do we have to wait for a playoff system? I remember giving you a gift for Christmas, Death to the BCS, a book. Yeah, I remember that because of the last gift you ever gave me. It was several <laughs> it's years ago. probably the first and last. Yeah. But people had to write books about how ridiculous the system yeah. was. Well, it's any system where there's millions and millions of dollars at stake. The stakeholders who are making the millions of dollars never want to see things change because even if they end up making more money, if – a There's bird just in a hand is worth twice as the bush or whatever the fuck it is. Yeah, that's not it. But, uh, but <laughs> <laughs> a bird in hand is worth two in the bush. Yeah, well, anyway. If, and if, they've got a bird in hand with these bullshit. Right. If you had a pipeline in your home and it was just shitting out dollar bills left <laughs> yeah, and right, no. and somebody's like, you need to change that pipeline because you could possibly make more dollar bills. While you were just stacking that money, you'd be like, fuck you. I like what's <laughs> happening right now. Yeah. You know, I like the pipe with money coming out. Yeah. Oh, I, yeah. I'm sure there are bigger pipes, but mm-hmm. uh, this pipe's working out. Yes. And that's how people are whenever there's millions of dollars at stake. Of course, they want to sure. change. So people who are outside of that system, who aren't raking in that money, mm-hmm. they can t- think Seems about like a no-brainer. Neutral. Yeah. With an, with a clear head because yeah. they're not affected, but they're not making the decisions either. They don't have the power. No, no, but it's, it's going to come to that. And basically sort of the BCS model and, and this playoff model that we're currently in, the same things will end them. Mm-hmm. And that is enough blue chip programs will take a jobbing that they'll, they'll have to make it work. Right. Well, it's when and I, I think the, the easiest thing is, is just to let make all the conference champions an automatic bid. And then the only gripe fest you get is those teams that are going for the at larges. Yeah. And that argument that it's, it somehow steals gravity away from the in-season games. It's like, no, it's, it's makes you need to win your conference. The same as like the NFL, you need to win your division. Well, you, what's your, what you're going to have then is like the Big Ten this year where Wisconsin, say, say Wisconsin beats Ohio State this mm-hmm. weekend. Everybody outside of Madison, Wisconsin wants Ohio State to be in the college football playoff yeah. for money purposes. Sure. But Wisconsin will get in because mm-hmm. they earned it. Yeah. And, you know, television people, media, Folks, they don't care about really who earned it. They just want to see the familiar faces in mm-hmm. there. And even look at Alabama. Well, say Alabama doesn't get in this year. Yeah. Oh, my God. I wonder if the talk about expanding the playoff pool will grow because Alabama would have been in. If well, it that's why the at-large system makes bid system makes sense is because in a year like this where you can have an Ohio State and an Alabama 
with two good football teams may not make the playoffs. But if you had this at-large system, you can go, well, they, Alabama's got one loss. Mm-hmm. They're get, they're in. Yeah. They get one of those at-larges. And Ohio State or even like a UCF or whoever's like undefeated right now in their mm-hmm. podunk conference. And because that's been a long time, like the Boises of the world who jump up and have these great seasons, but they play such a shitty conference schedule that they can just never get themselves in the playoffs. That at-large system allows for like, okay, you guys think you earned it. You guys want to be here. You want to see if you can butt heads with Alabama and Ohio State and all these teams, we're well, going to get your chance because now we got these at large bits. So we can let some podunk school that managed to get, you know, go undefeated in here and see what, how you stack up. And it'd probably be a bloodletting, but at least you get to, to serve that yeah, master as well on the field. And the other component of this is that it would add another game to the schedule. And we, we're still in this world where we have to pretend like these players are college students. Yeah. Or uh, precious children. You mm-hmm. can't talk about them. You certainly can't make them play another football game. Oh, no, because they're immediately going to go one year older and play 16 games well, what, in a regular season. And, well, and one of the things that drives me crazy, like th- in the same vein as like in basketball, where they're like, boy, these, uh, you know, the Duke Blue Dales have to play three games this week because of whatever scheduling. I hope. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows firsthand how VR training platforms like ForgeFX can help meet the demand for skilled workers. Anywhere you go look, there's going to be a shortage of welders. VR training can help welding students learn the skills they need to begin and advance in their career. The beauty of virtual reality is it simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Explore more stories like Alex's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be Continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. They're up to it. They're 19-year-olds who love basketball and And would play basketball every day, even if they weren't in a major college university. It's crazy to me. Like, oh, I hope they they can – get through this tournament all right it's like they're in 20 yeah it's not it's not like we're talking about starting pitchers in the major league and yeah. it's just their arm and they need five days rest i mean all these kids do is run well i feel like the commentators who are saying this are like 48 year old white men who are on the mics talking about basketball mm-hmm. but never played much basketball exactly. like listen you're right fat 48 year old white guy you three basketball games in a week for you would be a fucking tall order well the type <laughs> of guys that watching young guys run makes them tired you yeah know? so i mean like but it's the same with the football. I'm like, what are we talking about here, guys? And not only that, I know nobody wants to not see the stars on the field. But have you looked at the si- a fucking college football sideline? There are 150 guys over there. Mm-hmm. It's not as if you couldn't go into the depth chart a little bit to, I don't know, make it work. <laughs> you know what I mean? I understand you don't want... Well, Colin, you're taking them from their studies. That's <laughs> well, the important well, my thing. Saying they're already on the sidelines. They're already being taken away from their studies and practice. And like, yeah, so Eric Beisel gets to play a little more mm-hmm. because we got to st- extend the season, you yeah. know? Well, maybe we should focus on the actual game we came here to talk about, which is should the we? SEC championship game. Yeah, Georgia-Auburn. They played once before. Auburn beat Georgia. Do you think that they can do it again? I tell you what I do. I mean... You can only go off what you see, and right now, Auburn looks as good as anybody mm-hmm. in the in the country. The one downside being is their running back, who seems to be 
all world is hurt. I mean, he's got a bad shoulder. They're calling it day to day. It didn't look good on television, but if he's not good, if he's not a hundred percent, that certainly opens the door for a Georgia. Well, the, this is not scientific, but it seems to play into a lot of team seasons. It's a, it's hard to beat a team twice. Sure. And B, they're coming off a huge emotional win against Alabama. Mm-hmm. I don't know how that affects a team. Or if it does, or if that's just bullshit. Yeah. But it is certainly the case. I mean, Auburn, the Iron Bowl oftentimes for Auburn is their Super Bowl. And well, certainly it could make a case that it yeah. was this year, but they're going to the SEC championship with a chance yeah, you to wouldn't get to the playoff. let down. No, you wouldn't think so, but you never know until well, kickoff. And I was listening to somebody on the radio today that said that. Oh, they're good. The, <laughs> the statistics say that you are more likely to lose that second game if you won the first one. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's not by much. It's like 52 point. Three three percent. Yeah, I was going to say. I wish that would have happened to Oklahoma in the Big Twelve <laughs> yeah. days. I mean, so it's not certainly not a guarantee, but it does. Well, right now it's like fucking the Big Twelve because mm-hmm. the Big Twelve didn't have a conference championship game mm-hmm. or and, twelve teams. Yeah, and then because they got left out in the cold in the first round of the playoffs, they immediately chased their tail and said, "Oh, we better get a championship mm-hmm. game," even though everybody in their conference already plays one another throughout the season, right? Because they got left out because they didn't have a championship game to to ice it or what right. have you. But now you've got Oklahoma, who is in. Right. And the only thing that can be accomplished by their championship game is, is getting losing, beat is getting knocked and out. getting knocked out. Well, that's or or ha- getting your fucking Heisman candidate quarterback hurt or any of your other. I mean, it, it serves no purpose. So the Big 12 fucked themselves by not having a championship game. Then now they're going to become f- a champion. Like, okay, we'll get a championship game. And now they're going to fuck themselves again. And it's so Big 12. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, I don't care who you are in the Big 12. Can you blame Missouri for leaving this fucking disaster well i remember missouri got fucked out of a bcs game because we were in a championship game yeah we kicked the shit out of kansas yeah then we go go to the orange bowl they sit in their ass and we have to play oklahoma we lose and then they send those assholes to the orange bowl doesn't make any goddamn sense no none i mean if if i were to bet on this game and i do not want to i think i would not the line is two points in uh, auburn's favor i would have to go with auburn what they did to alabama was impressive. impressive yeah and, uh, but Georgia is a very solid but Georgia team. can Georgia. I mean, that's, I mean, I know uh, Caleb may have said it's Rick being richting. Yeah. But uh, Georgia can Georgia. Well, Georgia's already Georgian once this yeah. year. Well, that, but they've shown you they can. And then you yeah. wouldn't expect them to do it twice in a year, but yeah. they can Georgia. Yeah. So we'll, we'll see. I don't know. It, it, yeah. I guess is, it makes the most interesting scenario should Georgia win. I honestly, I feel, I don't know why I feel this way, but I feel like it's not going to be a close game hmm. one way or the other. Yeah. Like it, I would say probably Auburn, but if Georgia won by, by two touchdowns or if Auburn was by two touchdowns, I will not be shocked. Because mm-hmm. I feel anytime that spreads two points, it tells me that everything looks, yeah, they don't know what make heads or tails of this. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It's well, easy to give Kansas a 41 point spread against somebody. Georgia wins. You think they're in the playoff? They should be. Yeah. I have, absolutely. They should be. One of the things that people bemoan about this process is that they don't feel like it's fair when these guys get in a room and make decisions about it. But I think it's probably more meritocracy than you think. I mean, I think a lot of times these guys are going, who's the best team? I realize that Wisconsin's undefeated or whatever, but. We both know that this Auburn or Georgia mm-hmm. or Alabama or is actually if they o- played or each Oklahoma other. is going to stomp their heads in. So let's just knock them out. That's what Wisconsin suffers. And from. so yeah, and so that's it, it doesn't seem fair, but at the same time, to me, it seems the most fair. Yeah, you know, ultimately, if it's a meritocracy and you're just giving the best teams the the opportunity to play one another, I mean, it's it's a poor argument for <laughs> for like winning your schedule and making mm-hmm. the best record, math and all that. But it's yeah, certainly if Georgia won, they're eleven and one right now. If they go twelve and one and beat the team that beat them earlier. Yeah, you can't keep them out. Yeah, who has a better? I mean, honestly, that's a pretty damn impressive feat. Yeah, you know? for sure. I think up until this game, they're 
schedule was somewhat in question because the SEC East was down mm-hmm. and the Notre Dame win looked less and less impressive as Notre Dame Notre Dame. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I think if they were to beat Auburn, they, they obviously they're going to be a lock, but yeah, I tell you what, Colin, speaking of locks, why don't we, uh, go to break and then come back with Caleb Bungard's lock of the week and Sounds get his terrific. championship week picks up against a coin. Let's make some dollar dollar bill. Yeah, y'all. We want to make you guys rich and he and the coin are going to make their picks. And as we mentioned before, if you've been picking with those guys, you've been making money. So mm-hmm. you want to keep that train rolling. We'll be back. This is the Mazzotcast. Stop. Don't throw that used cell phone away. Sell it to Midmo iFix. Midmo iFix buys and sells used cell phones that include a 30-day warranty. So if you lost your phone overboard, the screen's cracked, or the phone's broken, stop into Midmo iFix and see Kevin. And if you have no use for that old phone, turn it into cash. Midmo iFix, located next to Emo's Pizza on Osage Beach Parkway. 573-694-8795. Midmo iFix. Phones fixed fast. On the line now is Caleb Bungart, who is going to give us his uh, weekly Caleb the Greek Pick of the Week. Caleb the Greek's Pick of the Week. Thanks for joining us, Caleb. Well, thank you, Brennan. What do you got for us this championship weekend? Well, yeah, there's not many games out there, but there's lots to bet on. Yes. So, first off, we're going to travel to all stopping around the Big 12. Shit Show Conference. Okay. Oklahoma is playing TCU, and I'm going to give you something a little different here. Mixing it up. Okay. I'm going to just bet the over. The over is 63. Bet the over. <laughs> Take that Take over. That. You like a lot of points on the board for this one. I think they'll come close in the first half. <laughs> All right. That means it is uh, your turn to go up against the 1997 quarter. Coins turn. And I've got it right here. The coin's first game he's going to choose between is the Pac-12 championship between Stanford and USC. USC is a four-point favorite. The coin selects USC minus those four points. There you go. Likes a favorite this week. Mark. Yes, that's right. <laughs> Better hope not. Yeah. We're going now to uh, one of my favorite Twitter personalities, Lane Kiffin's Florida Atlantic team playing North Texas, who is also a really good team. Florida Atlantic is favorite 10.5. I think Florida Atlantic will uh, cover that 10.5 points and win. <laughs> Lay those post points. All right. Florida Atlantic giving up 10.5, so book it. Coin is going to go back to a big championship game. The uh, Big Ten, Ohio State versus Wisconsin. Wisconsin's undefeated, but Ohio State is the six-point favorite. The coin likes take Ohio State. Again, the favorite for this one. If this happens now, it's going to change the college playoff bracket tremendously, Coin. You're messing everything up. So, <laughs> you remember that. Okay, and then I've got Memphis, who I believe is 10-1, playing a Central Florida team that is undefeated. Memphis is a seven-point underdog, and I'm going to take Memphis to cover that seven points. Take those points. Liking the underdog here. Buy a touch now. Upset special. <laughs> All righty. The coin, who has not chosen an upset right now, he is going to go to the ACC championship, and it's Miami versus Clemson. Clemson needs this win to have a chance at the playoff. They are a 10-point favorite. The coin selects Clemson. He likes the favorite again. 
no upsets yet for the coin. Yeah, he's not a big fan of that uh, Miami turnover chain right here. Well, if Mark Rick Rick did last week, he may do it again. He shits the bed. Yes. Well, speaking of Mark Rick, his old team, Georgia, is playing Auburn in the SEC championship this week. Auburn is a two-point favorite, but I'm going to go ahead and take Georgia and the over of 49 points in this game. Two for one. So Georgia's getting two points, and you're going to take the over on top of that. Yep, Georgia's getting two points and the over at 49. Lock of the week. All right, so you do not think that Auburn can repeat and win twice against Georgia this year? No, I don't think they can do it. Okay, well, the coin is going to go head-to-head with you on this one. They're going to select the SEC champion, too. The coin is going to pick now. The coin decided to take Auburn and give up those two points. Coin lock. Let's find out when this game gets going whether the coin or Caleb knows more about SEC football. All right, should be a good weekend. Are you uh, ready to talk uh, coaching carousel and a lot of crazy shit when we get together on uh, Sunday? I can smell the dumpster fire from Tennessee all the way in the dirt. Oh, it's a beautiful stink. Yes, it is. Tires and everything. It's all of that. All right, Caleb, thanks for joining us again for Caleb the Greeks, Pick of the Week. Caleb the Greeks, Pick of the Week. Well, there you have it. Write that shit down. You will be a rich man. Mm -hmm. That's just the way it works. Nice work, Caleb. So we've talked about all these games coming up, but one thing we haven't really talked about, Colin, is the coaching carousel. Who's going to coach these teams? Good Lord. How many teams in the SEC are without coaches? Where should we start? I don't know, but I don't, I would never want to take a job in this fucking conference. All they want to do, you get hired, you are fired. Well, I, I, I'm going to reference Dennis Dodd in this conversation several times because I listened to a long interview with him today. And that's one of the things he said, you know, five years ago, you left wherever you were at to take an SEC job. Mm-hmm. And now it has started to become more and more toxic because it's very apparent that most of these programs are run by their fan base and not an administration. Is there a certain fan base that you're talking well, about? Well, we'll get into that, but it's not just Tennessee. It's, you know, A&M is just as bad. I mean, A&M had the fucking one of their, what, a region or somebody in, in the AD, I mean, attacking someone. The guy's getting racist letters. They're, That's they're, right. I everybody's out with their pitchforks. It's just like, what the fuck? You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like, this is crazy. If your administration won't protect you, Mm -hmm. you know, I mean, I understand the administration may be very upset with you. Maybe they think you're doing a terrible job, but those people are supposed to have your back. And sometimes having your back is no more than just not saying what you're thinking, which is this guy's a terrible coach. But I mean, who's going to want to go to that job knowing that if this regent or whoever the heck it is or curator or it doesn't like your performance, isn't going to get on Twitter and blast you. Mm -hmm. You know, that's not a good look. Right. I don't even know where to start. Let's yeah. start with uh, the SEC, I guess. I mean, we got Florida hired a coach. Yeah. Florida hired uh, Dan Mullen. He's their plan D. <laughs> but I think – If you ask me, of all the coaching hires, he's he, I think he's the best one. Yeah, I mean, my thing is, is like, if for a, he's great for a plan D especially. Mm-hmm. I mean, I here's a guy who's coached at Florida before, is a Florida grad. Knows the SEC. Knows oh. the SEC's coached in the conference, has nine years of exceeding expectations mm-hmm. as a head coach. I mean, I'm not saying he's going to, you know, bring Florida back to their Tebow dominant days, but – this is a good hire. I mean, this is a guy who's accomplished and hasn't, doesn't seem to have any dirt under his fingernails, just seems to do a good job, a very workmanlike good job. No emotional roller coaster, no lying about death threats, no mm-hmm. Lane Kiffin fucking weird tw- Twitter tirades to worry about, no shark fucking, no life champion bullshit 
press conference. Well, Just a guy who goes to work and does the fucking job. I will say this. He mentioned life championships in his opening press conference call. Yeah. And he said he didn't want them to just be champions on the field. He wanted to be champions of life. And so I think you need to walk that back. A well, bit. I guess. But, but uh, I mean, that's mm-hmm. everybody, every coach does some coach speak. But this, yeah. I, I have this to guy, wonder if he was trolling Butch Jones yeah, at that point. Yeah, probably a little bit. So I, I mean, think I also like this hire because it uh, it isn't a good reminder to Mississippi State that they're just a jumping off point and yeah. nothing more. Well, and I think if you're a Mississippi State fan right now, you've got to be nervous because your program was fucking hot garbage before he got there. Garbage. And you've got to worry that it's going to go right back to mm-hmm. hot fucking garbage. garbage. Who else in the SEC is looking for a coach? Let's talk about Arkansas. Yeah. Arkansas is, as far as SEC programs at the back of the bus and they haven't found anybody. I've heard like Norvell out of Memphis and there's been some names thrown around, but doesn't seem to be anybody front runner at this point. I think Arkansas is in a bad spot because there are so many vacancies. I mean, yeah. thank God Barry turned the thing around because yeah. if, if we were in the mood to fire oh. Barry Odom, who do you get? Yeah. I mean, we're not at the front of that line. Well, and like Arkansas is delusional, not as delusional as Tennessee, but they're delusional. Yes. And Arkansas is not a, you know, it's Fayetteville. They don't have a, a great tradition of winning. Um, mm-hmm. There's nothing about that job that's going to pull somebody away from any the, other power five. Yeah. Team. You know, like if you're Brom at Purdue, does Arkansas turn your head? Mm-hmm. You know, I think the days of the SEC turning the head, like I mentioned earlier, are sort of gone. Be- and not because it's not a preeminent conference, but because it's a pressure conference. You're going to Arkansas. You're going to butt heads with LSU every year. You're going to butt heads with Auburn every year, Alabama every year. Missouri. Well, it's not going to be an easy job. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, Burt left Wisconsin. He didn't get fired. They would have kept him. Yeah. But he left for Arkansas and I think is probably a cautionary tale for many Power Five coaches right now going, do you really want to go to Arkansas and try to wrestle away the, the uh, conference from Alabama? Do you, well, want, do you want that job? And I also think there is getting to a point where I don't know that the SEC is necessarily down. I mean, we've got three teams who are vying for the four playoff spots. But what they are is they're becoming more polarized in that there's the SEC and then there's the SEC. Mm-hmm. Going to Arkansas doesn't have cachet. Like you said, no. if you're leaving Purdue, Tennessee looks like a much better spot for you. Or a team that you know has had success in your lifetime. Arkansas, how much of a jump is it over Purdue? Well, and I think it's a jump over them, but not that much. And part of what is lost in this, like when they talk about five years ago, people would go to the SEC, any SEC team just being the SEC. Mm-hmm. Part of that was the SEC was really the first conference to start really paying coaches yes. that weren't top tier coaches. I mean, right. you know, Nick Saban in Alabama is always going to get paid. Whoever coaching at Florida is always going to get paid. But suddenly, Miss, the Mississippi States and the Arkansas is the world started drawing these three, four million dollar contracts. And the SEC is one of the first conference to really start paying the lower tier mm-hmm. those big dollars. And so it wasn't just the cachet of the SEC. It was like, I'm going to go to Arkansas and make $3.2 million a season. Yeah. If I, if I have a one bad year, I'm set. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, you're leaving your $1.8 million, co- you know, contract at whatever school you're at to make, you know, double that. Mm-hmm. It's uh, it's easy to go, but now everybody's paying because the market adjusts and mm-hmm. everybody knows that dollars talk. You know, that's another thing that the Tennessees and the Nebraskas and all these guys in the world is like everybody pays now, you know, and your your delusional opinion about who you are and what your program is isn't enough to get the job right. done. Speaking of that, Texas a and is probably the most interesting thing to me because it starts – it pulls a string on a whole lot of other coaching positions. Mm-hmm. Uh, first and foremost, the big talk is Florida State. You're going to leave uh, – Jimbo Fisher is going to leave Florida State for A&M. They're saying Saturday after that game, he's going to be with A&M talking, figuring it out, and it's very possible he becomes the coach, which I don't particularly understand. Mm-hmm. You know, if you're at Tallahassee, is College Station that – I feel like at this point, that's a pretty lateral move. 
And you're running the same problem as Arkansas. You got to go butt heads with Alabama. The only thing I can see almost for that move is that A&M has as much money as God. Yeah. I mean, they're literally sitting on oil. For sure. And uh, they can pay out the nose. Florida State is a premier program. I mean, they've gone to the national championship. You can win there. Texas A&M hasn't won anything in a long time. So they have the fan base and everything, and they have the money. This is where the string gets pulled, and it starts affecting us schools outside of A&M. So Nebraska is convinced they're getting frost. But – Frost hasn't committed to Nebraska yet fully. And the talk is, is the reason he hasn't is they expect Jimbo Fisher to go to Texas A&M. If he goes to A&M, then Florida State is going to hire Oregon's head coach. And if Oregon's head coach leaves, Scott Frost is best friends with Phil Knight, who runs Oregon, (laughs) the biggest donor, and that he will leave Nebraska standing in the cold to go to Oregon. And then Nebraska is left going, who's going to be our coach? Hmm. So I don't know if this will all play out, but it's just interesting to think like Frost is holding Nebraska hostage. He won't commit to the job just yet because he wants to see if that Oregon job opens up and his good buddy Phil Knight and the mountain of money that awaits him there. The question for me is where does Kevin Sumlin end up? Because I always thought Kevin Sumlin was a dumb dumb, but he's an experienced coach with an above 500 record in the SEC, just barely, but he's got one. Where's he going to end up? Mm-hmm. You know, is Tennessee going to call him? Because nobody wants that job right well, now. Well, I wonder about Brett Belima because a lot of people talk about how he's going to coach somewhere sometime soon. And especially the way Arkansas unceremoniously ditched him. Mm-hmm. I think he got a lot of sympathy positive points. sympathy points. Yeah. And so I think, you know, he probably won't end up back in the SEC, but I, I can see him taking another uh, Power 5 job I just quickly. Wanna, we should mention Chip Kelly went to UCLA. The golden coaching hire everybody talked about wanting went to UCLA. The last person we should talk about on this list, because uh, it requires the most talk probably, is Tennessee. Oh. So where are we at with Tennessee? Tennessee hires, or almost hires, Greg Schiano. Mm-hmm. And Greg Schiano is no. tenuously connected to Penn State and the Rapin days. And I think we should mention that because we talked about it and we, we announced this breaking news when we recorded this week and we mm-hmm. called it we called him Child Rape Enabler. Child Rape Enabler. Now since all that has come out on Twitter, there's been a lot of talk about his possible involvement in that whole scandal is very is very, very tenuous. Yeah. Now the thing that I don't know, I think a lot of sports media types are saying, hey, Tennessee is overreacting, their mm-hmm. their yeah, mob yeah, yeah. mentality, and I agree with all that. They're using false moral Rationale. outrage, yeah. false moral outrage to get rid of a coach they don't want because of his record, not because he rapes kids, but I, helped rape kids or whatever the yeah, case may be. But I still think – Whatever the narrative was. I still think Tennessee's athletic director is sort of a jackass for – Opening this Pandora's box because mm-hmm. whether he had any involvement or not, and, and, you know, most indications say that he didn't have any involvement in this whole Penn State affair. But regardless, if you were in Penn State's football program at that time, you're going to have a, a stink, stink on, on you. Well, that's like the pushback. So initially it comes out and the Clay Travises of the world are, are getting the, the fan base of Tennessee all riled up that he's this guy with this nefarious background because he was at Penn State. Mm-hmm. And we fed into it, too. We're like, oh, and child rape enabler. Well, and we're going to do that anyway just because we want to attack Tennessee. Yeah, well, you know, and, not- and, and every most of what we do here is tongue-in-cheek. But right. now the pushback has been like, he's a great man and these people have connected the right, dots. Right. Listen. Clay Travis went too far, but now the 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 sports media is going too far because yes, there are there are no like direct correlations. But he worked for that program during that time. We don't know what he knew and didn't know. All we know right now is based on what we know is he has plausible deniability. Mm -hmm. That doesn't mean he didn't know anything. It just means he has plausible deniability. So quit reading everybody the riot act who wants to associate him with that. Yeah. 
at the same time, don't ruin his in his career because of it either. And, and, and don't walk into a coaching hire not expecting this conversation to happen. That's what I'm saying. If you're Tennessee's AD, mm-hmm. even th- if even if say Tennessee had a level headed fan base, which yeah. we all know they don't. Yeah. And I, frankly, one thing I enjoy about this is we've been screaming for four years about how asinine and insane yeah. the Tennessee fan base yeah, is. Yeah, the whole world's and, sitting and see no, it now. Exactly. And so anyway, moving on. Let's move on from that because because it's been talked to death to some degree. Yeah. Then Tennessee goes ahead and revokes, or, or they this they whole deal falls, falls apart. Which, I, if you ask me, the guy's going to sue the motherfucker for. Well, that's uh, they were talking. They were. Uh, we uh, listened to Kornheiser today. Somebody was saying, like, I'm sure the the labor attorneys are circling like mm-hmm. buzzards over this because I guess apparently this this story right now is Tennessee's chancellor or. I don't know. Some some muckety muck was the last signature on the contract, and it never actually got made before the contract went official. And so the Tennessee's trying to use that as their out, like mm-hmm. we don't owe you anything. But any uh, lawyer is going to tear that to shreds, and they're going to owe him a ton of money. Well, not to mention the defamation of character. I mean, oh my god, if he wasn't going to have a big Penn State highlight on him before now all this talk oh my is God. out there wherever he goes next i didn't even know he was at penn and, state until this happened no i didn't know he'd been there no I, all it, i knew is he went to tampa bay was a terrible nfl head coach and it, he made his behave bones. like a horse's ass when he was there he, he made his bones as a rutgers, rutgers head coach. yeah he won a and bunch was, of games for rutgers which and is he's the only impossible. coach who's ever done that yeah. ever so yeah. you know he got got a lot of respect for being able to do that when nobody else could but then then they they, they start shopping mike gundy the job right so and, well, let's not even talk about the groomers okay well, you know what I mean? They've been talking about getting John Gruden for fucking 15 oh. years. Yeah. Everybody, except the Tennessee fans, know that that's not going to happen. Never. Never going to happen. And and again, I hate keep, keep bringing up Clay Travis, but he is kind of the, at the epicenter of this whole Tennessee situation. Mm-hmm. He's posting articles about why he thinks Gruden's going to end up being the next coach. He is fucking delusional. He is mm-hmm. just as delusional as every other Tennessee fan I've known. You delusional are not- enough to post the cell phone number of the fucking athletic director yes, on Yes, I mean, that account. is crazy. And then – you got a, a fan base who I heard a, several guys say today anywhere from the fifth to seventh best job in the SEC, and they think John Gruden's coming. Mm-hmm. And then you know Shiano, they're not happy about. Then they start shopping Gundy, and Gundy listens. Gundy gets interviewed, but Gundy's not going there. He's just no. using him as a leverage. I mean, it was the biggest fucking jobbing in the world. He leveraged Tennessee f- to make sure that T Boone Pickens and everybody else at Oklahoma State knows that. Hey, there are places available for me if you guys want to really get on my case. Mm-hmm. I'm just looking at Twitter right now, Colin, talking talk about Tennessee fans. It says, loud fire Gundy chants coming from the Vol student section during a basketball game. The first tweet underneath it says, they should be chanting, hire Gruden, hire Gruden. They're still, yeah, they're, it's As if, just, they live in an alternate reality. They do. And now they're talking about T. Martin, who's a former quarterback, who's never called plays as a head coach. So, uh, you know, they're talking about Dorn from NC State. And NC State has overachieved under Dorn. Mm-hmm. But I don't think that's a, fa- a hire that's going to blow Tennessee's hair back. Well, that's part of the thing is the Tennessee fans want somebody. They want you to hire fucking, like you said, Vince Lombardi. Yeah. You know, they, they somebody think- re- reanimate Vince Lombardi because <laughs> he wants to coach at Tennessee. We know yeah. he does if he was just alive. No, they're one step away from saying, why doesn't Nick Saban take the job here instead of Alabama? Yeah. You know, that's their mindset. Well, and that Christ guy from uh, Saturdays Down South, mm-hmm. you know, he's taken a beating from Tennessee fans. I was noticing on Twitter because he's just being honest about where they're at and what their expectations should be. And they're like, mm-hmm. fucking talking head doesn't know what he's talking about. It's like, no, you don't know what you're talking about. You are the, your fan base is the only person in this country that doesn't realize what Tennessee is. Mm-hmm. You know, Tennessee is much closer to Missouri than it is Alabama. Now, granted, Tennessee is a bigger program. Tennessee has more cachet. Tennessee has more history. I'm not afraid to admit that about it. doesn't have much more, though. <laughs> and they where they think they are worlds, the length of the sun from the earth away from Missouri as far as a program go, 
No, they're they're like Mars from Earth, and Alabama is way away. You know what I mean? Yeah. They're not even close. Every national championship that Tennessee has, only one of them was in the second half of the 20th century. Yeah. Everything yeah. else was prior to With that. With a transcendent football player. Yeah. That's you know, right. They put 100,000 people there, in the stadium. Sure. There is but. a difference between program-building programs and transcendent player programs. Teams can jump up and compete for national championship once in a while when they get a transcendent player. And then there are places like Nebraska in the old days or Alabama now or where they build a program where they're just pumping in five-star recruits after five-star recruit and then an entire team of fucking guys you don't want to see on Saturday. Or you can be Auburn with Cam Newton or you can be Florida with Tim Tebow. Or you can be Tennessee with Peyton Manning. You know, these programs will get these transcendent players at times and and vault themselves up there. But let's never pretend that Tennessee was one of these program programs where they were just filling the coffers with five-star recruits and every year it was just a factory. They've never been that. They've never been Alabama like that or USC in their heyday or Ohio State. That's not who they are. And the fact that they can't see it is just baffling. Well, I think what it boils down to is that Tennessee kind of wanted to have a coach in place by the very next day after the end of the football season. And they're going to be the last team in the SEC to actually have a football coach in place. For me, I just, I can't imagine Curry being their athletic director much longer. He has bungled this beyond. I mean, yeah, you or I could walk into that fucking place with no knowledge of the fucking university of Tennessee and get a coach hired in a better fashion than this guy has done it. And I think, you know, like if you Clay Travis, if he's got a hundred thousand people who follow him closely, 80, thousand of those people are from Tennessee. I mean that he's mm-hmm. so he's the epicenter for this mentality. You know, he thinks they that John Gruden's coming there or or should come there. It's like you guys you have to be realistic about who you are and what you are. I mean, it's fake news. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's it's false bravado. Well, Colin, as much as I like shitting on Tennessee, and it's never been a better time to shit on Tennessee. Yeah, They're at the lowest point in their program's history. I thought they were at their lowest point in their program's history when they went 0-8 in conference. Mm-hmm. This coaching situation, it's going to be really tough for them to ever get a good coach knowing what they've got to yeah. deal with right now. Well, and I think their, their reality is altered by like the Clay Travis. Right. The, it feeding into their narrative. Yeah. You know, but as much as I love to do this, uh, I think we need to look forward because we got more football games ahead. This weekend, we're going to get together and talk about how the college playoff structure is going to be looking after these uh, championship games. And then the other thing we haven't really talked about, where Missouri is going to go to a bowl. We've got a bowl game ahead of us. And uh, the options are, you know, about three bowls, Texas Bowl, Liberty Bowl, Belk Bowl. Mm -hmm. We'll get around to that. And uh, by the time you hear from us next, we could know a lot more about that. So uh, last thing we should probably mention before we go, mm -hmm. Michael Porter Jr. and his uh, cryptic (laughs) tweets or Instagram pictures more to be more accurate. I don't remember what it the the exact three to six months. I don't think so. Something of that nature, basically sort of cryptically saying that uh, he thinks he's going to be healthy a lot faster than the doctors do. Mm -hmm. Conzo Martin asked about it. He said, you know, he was feeling good, but there nothing has changed. Yeah. But it does, it stokes a little hope. Well, I'll tell you this, Colin. I've got a friend who had a very similar back surgery not too Mm -hmm. long ago. And I'll tell you this, that guy's 41 years old. Mm -hmm. And in like three or four weeks, he's up and running. Now, granted, he's not asking of his body what Michael Porter Jr. will be asking of his body. But I have to think that a healthy 19-year-old who's in peak physical condition can recover much faster than your average schlub. Yeah. He's getting back surgery because he spent most of his life eating fucking nachos and chasing it with gravy. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, one can hope because watching them blow a, a tremendous lead against West Virginia was difficult. 
Of course, that had more to do with not having a true point guard versus mm-hmm. not having uh, Michael Porter Jr., but it certainly couldn't hurt. Right. But uh, yeah, so well, we'll keep our fingers crossed with that. Yep. They if we love- hear any breaking news, we get any news from our sources, uh-huh. we'll certainly let you know. Other than that, we'll have to rely on the constant cryptic communication of the Porter family. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, them not letting our hope die. They're like a fast death like we wish. They're like a woman in on Facebook on the verge of divorce. Yeah. <laughs> yeah like trying to cipher their cryptic memes and messages about how they you you know in life you got to find people who respect you and yeah. don't ever don't ever get down on yourself cuz you're special and different from everyone else. <laughs> and then we're the enabling girlfriends, the Twitter it's <laughs> yeah. like what's wrong, honey? Yeah. It's like, you are worth more than that. Don't take no crap from anybody. You're a queen yeah. or whatever. And it's just like, oh, my God. So, Michael Porter Jr., Ma- you are a queen. <laughs> Michael Porter Jr., you are a nearly divorced 38-year-old woman on Facebook. That's what you <laughs> Who are. Who doesn't want to come out and say it, but yeah. still wants everybody to that know her That deadbeat situation. husband, he's always hunting. Yeah. He doesn't appreciate her. <laughs> that's exactly right. All right. I think that's a perfect note to say, yeah, sign absolutely. off on. So, okay. Tune in this weekend. We've got a big one ahead of us for Championship Week. M-I-Z. Z-O-U. Clay Travis is fucking delusional.